calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Bitches on Comics. I'm Sarah Century, and I ship Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. I'm Essie Fleenor, and I also ship Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn. <laughs> this is a pro-that-ship podcast, dating back to the very beginning. Harley right? Harley Harley Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we have a question from b is for bethany on instagram i would love to know your thoughts on how harley's newest iteration relates to tank girl harley quinn has more storylines and i know tank girl from the movie only but they both give off a revolutionary and anti-establishment vibe but they're still very different and bethany was also talking a little bit about the film representation in birds of prey as well so many things to talk about (laughs) yes I can talk about all of them. I think (laughs) you've come to the right place, Bethany. So I loved reading Tank Girl as a kid. It's early 90s stuff, right? The comics started in the late 80s. Okay, cool. Well, sounds about right. Because the film came out in 1995. Yes, the film just hit its like 25th anniversary. So, yeah, Tank Girl the movie is a very different thing than Tank Girl the comic. Um, (laughs) Tank Girl the comic is basically just kind of anarchism, late 80s, early 90s style. They've been making Tank Girl comics for a very long time. There's a lot of conversation about what the inspiration of Tank Girl was. Obviously, Tank Girl is somewhat based on Hopi from Love and Rockets. (laughs) There's like kind of no denying that. Yeah, they say (laughs) the writer Alan Martin says that he he had a crush on somebody who had a resemblance to Hopi or a character from Love and Rockets. I don't even think they could legally say that it's directly based on Hopi, but they're just like, oh yeah, so like yeah, we uh, we had a crush on a person who was like that character, and so that's where (laughs) this idea comes from but you know basically 
it's different from Love and Rockets because obviously we've talked about that a lot of times where it's this kind of slow burn epic, I guess. Whereas with Tank Girl, it's just, I want beer. I want to blow things up. You know, the things that we all want. I want to fuck. I want to drink. I want to blow things up and I want to be me. <laughs> yeah. She loves having sex with the kangaroo guy. <laughs> Booga. <laughs> Booga. She loves it because like she's at war with the kangaroo guys kind of at the beginning. But then she's just like, yeah, but like damn <laughs> so she dates him and that's that's true in the movie as well so they're all short stories you know they're all just a few pages long and it's whatever bonkers stuff is going on it's kind of the style of political commentary that you get in the 90s from punks who are just kind of like blow everything up though and you know <laughs> drink a lot of beer fuck the man i won't live by no rules or you know all of that like i mean i'm saying this as somebody who like literally is still pretty much a punk but like <laughs> 90s <laughs> punk is definitely kind of where it becomes mainstream and it like loses its political edge a little bit and that's kind of how tank earl's story goes a little bit it loses its political edge such as it was but it's still going they're still doing tank girl comics and the thing that harley and tank girl do have in common just as a starting point is the fact that they both have really interesting supporting casts obviously we just saw the birds of prey movie where the birds of prey unfortunately kind of were the supporting cast of harley though they all obviously deserve each their own movie but, you know, they worked as a great supporting cast. And that's kind of how it is with Tank Girl. She has uh, Jet Girl. Love Jet Girl. Jet Girl is the best. She's in the movie. She's so cute in the movie. She's kind of different. <laughs> I mean, Naomi Watts is beautiful from then to now. And like so gay in the movie. She's so gay in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's more gay in that movie than she is in like Mulholland Drive or something <laughs> where she like <laughs> literally has sex, you know, with a woman. And Tank Girl is just like, damn girl, you gay. So in the comics, she's gay. And that's great. Like she's the best gay person. <laughs> she's in love with Submarine Girl. And so they have this kind of a similarly chaotic thing where you know jet girl walks around and thinks deep thoughts to herself about how much she likes her girlfriend and like oh God, it's it. just great it doesn't get enough screen time like whatsoever it just doesn't and then of course there's barney and i love booga as well but i want to talk about barney because this is the character who just kind of comes in out of nowhere all of the time and they'll be like barney where the hell did you come from why do you have a boat and she's just like oh yeah i mean like this is just like my boat that's like from my friend who like he's dead now but like now so it's my boat or whatever like do you need a lift or what they're in like a war booga and tank girl are like we're never gonna get out of here alive and then barney is just like oh yeah but i mean like here's me and i have like all of these motorcycles <laughs> like let's just motorcycle it. out of here and she's always drunk and it's really funny she's constantly showing up completely wasted at like 2 p.m and being like yeah absolutely i'll save your life of course like you're my bestie <laughs> I love the characters. I think it's actually the best thing about the Tank Girl comics because, you know, we talked about this a little bit. I don't love the Tank Girl comics. I love Tank Girl. I love Jet Girl. I love Barney. I love Submarine Girl. I love Booga. I think Booga's hysterical. He I'm is. into all the characters. There's just some things that happen on the page that are, you know, a real bummer. There's, there's a decent amount of fat shaming. In some ways, Tank Girl is definitely a manic pixie dream girl. Everything's got weaknesses. She goes into militarization at a certain point, which is like, I guess, but that's not 
super punk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's tons and tons of fat jokes in Tank Girl. And like, I think that culturally in the 90s, probably like we viewed a lot of things differently, I guess. I don't think that there was probably ever a time when it was really acceptable to fucking be shitty to people <laughs> about like anything to do with their weight. But like they've, they, do. I don't know. It's pretty acceptable right now. It was like a huge fucking storyline in Endgame. That's right. I mean, it's not acceptable to me, yes, <laughs> which exactly. I think is different because <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, maybe back then or something. And then it's just like, no, I was not a piece of shit then either. <laughs> like, so I don't really know. I can't make it that comparison. Just the fact that like, you know, our culture is shitty about it and it needs to stop and it's not fun. It's not super punk. It fucking sucks. I don't really want to read jokes like that in comics at all. And unfortunately, there's like a ton of them in Tank Girl over the years, over different creators, which is like, I mean, you would think that at some point, you know, it would get kind of ironed out, but unfortunately not. That's what makes it difficult sometimes to recommend Tank Girl to people because you go, well, I don't know if you're going to be able to like zone out during like this five page long fat joke. that happens Exactly. On and that's why I differentiate between liking the comics and liking the character. And some of the comics are really good, though. Yeah, like, totally. I mean, that's like, there's great moments, you know, great but moments. like, it's the thing you, you're kind of walking a minefield in the way that you don't want to be, actually. Yes, that is, uh, like, as a fat person, I walk with enough discrimination against me. I don't need to find it in my comics. I think that was a hang up for me when I when I first read the comics. But I, you know, I, I watched the movie to prepare for us talking about this. And it reminded me of all the things I really did love about the comics. It was like a nice reminder of like, I love Tank Girl's chaotic energy. Like, I really mm-hmm. do. It's super fun. It's one of the things she has in common with Harley Quinn. And Lori Petty. Wow. What a choice for Tank Girl. Oh, right. So good. She killed it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I love it. And I, the movie's not perfect. It starts in a weird place. But it has like just that good, fun comic book energy of like, we're, we're losing it. Everything is wild. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, so fun. Right. Yes. There's a comic adaptation of it that's pretty fun, too. <laughs> the things that overlap about Harley and Tank Girl are some of the things that I love about both of them. Their chaotic right. energy. I love that they are just like, no, I make the decisions. I really like that energy from both of them that they're like, no, 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 I'm in charge here. (laughs) Great supporting cast like you spoke about. And I think that supporting cast can be like such a technical way of talking about it. But it really is also about their relationships. Relationships mean a lot to both Tank Girl and Harley Quinn, which we don't always think about with someone who's so chaotic and they both can be kind of selfish. But their relationships motivate them. Their relationships are what make them round characters. Harley Quinn's relationship with Poison Ivy makes her become a more introspective, better person. Tank Girl's relationship with Booga, I don't know if it makes her a better person, but it certainly brings her a lot of joy, you know? And like, oh, I think it does too, though, because there's like this one that's called The Road to Booga, <laughs> which is a pretty fun series. There's this whole story between them where she's just like, you know what? Things are great with me and Booger right now, but it wasn't always this way. And it like is the flashback to whenever they pawned her tank and then like they didn't have enough money for it. So they like ended up losing her tank and she's like Aww. tankless, tank girl without a tank. And they're at war. All of these people are coming after them. Like they have all of these problems. They have no weaponry. Booga starts just like reading a book, basically, that's called <laughs> Hipster Gold. And so... <laughs> 
<laughs> he starts like getting really into this book and being like poetic. Hmm. And <laughs> so he's kind of getting back in touch with himself. Tank Girl wants to kill him because he keeps just saying things out loud because he's such an attention seeker. So he's like, yeah, absolutely. We're going to this place with these people. And Tank Girl's like, shut up. Oh my God. So they have this tension and these fights through the entire series where Booga's kind of like, oh, you're mad about that? Like, <laughs> that's kind of how he fights. <laughs> Towards the end, there's this scene where he's like, would you marry me or whatever? And she's just like, yeah. And he's all, really? And she's like, yeah, I mean, who else am I going to marry? <laughs> I, was, I was like, this is the love story of our times. <laughs> Between this like chaotic little woman and this kangaroo man. <laughs> yeah, and their beautiful cast of friends. Oh, it's so good. That's one of the better Tank Girl stories, honestly. If you can track down Road to Booga, that one's like pretty funny and doesn't have a lot of the same fallbacks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, the hangups, you're like, yeah, oh, that's great. I, I will have to check that out. You know, my, my instinct was like, yes, he's made her a better person, but I hadn't read that run. The thing that to me is like, oh my God, the thing that is about Harley Quinn and Tank Girl's characterization is the way they both smile mischievously right before they do something. And cackle. Very bad. Whenever I watched back through Birds of Prey, I found myself so delighted by something that intellectually I didn't register, but how every time Harley does something, she goes, (laughs) (laughs) that made me really happy because I was like, no matter what, Harley's having a really good time. And yeah, that's and that's how Tank important. Girl feels, right? Like, yeah. they're having a fucking She does the same thing. Blast. Same cackle. Same cackle, like, <laughs> through the entirety of the first Tank Girl movie. And so, yeah, I mean, Margot Robbie is going to work on the next Tank Girl movie. And I think that that can only be good because oh, yeah. it's going to be super fun. I hope that it's different than Harley. I think that it would have to be, but I hope that it is. I hope that she gets to kind of explore another chaotic side of her personality because <laughs> that's kind of what we've been watching on screen and I'm really enjoying it. So, yeah, I don't know. Just having like women behind the Tank Girl franchise in that way because Rachel Talele always talks about all of the problems that she had is just constant notes from executives being like, I don't think that like feminism has a place in cinema. <laughs> like, you know, because she talks about it. She directed also Freddy's Dead, which for my money is the best Freddy movie. This is like a very controversial stance amongst horror films who are like, <laughs> the first nightmare on Elm Street is unbeatable. And like, they want to fight me about the fact that I'm like, I like number six. <laughs> like, I love you would. the sequel that everyone hates. <laughs> Rachel Talele is incredible. Oh, yeah, she's totally incredible. So, yeah, if she can bring maybe Rachel Talele and Lori Petty in some capacity into the new movie, that would be excellent. I think that that's more important even than bringing in, like, the original Alan Martin and Jamie Hewlett because they, like, have been doing these stories for a really long time, but they've also, like, kind of kept Tank Girl in a rut in some ways. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it's their character, so do what you want, definitely. But also I'm kind of like... I want to see, like, new places for Tank Girl to go. I'm excited about the new ideas that we could see and how she's different from Harley. So I don't know who owns Tank Girl's film rights right now, but if they're not 
a DC Comics property, then they're probably going to be able to get away with a lot more than the Harley Quinn movie was allowed to. Absolutely. So I'm looking at just like unbridled anarchy, basically, is what I really want to see out of this film. And that is kind of what the two characters do have in common. Mm -hmm. But Tank Girl goes (laughs) in a completely different direction with it. I completely agree. And I think that what I generally see as Harley's anarchy is less politicized and, and Tank Girl's is much more political. But Harley did vote for Bernie. <laughs> yes, I know. I love oh, what a good detail. And I was going to say, you know, like that doesn't totally hold up under further investigation because Tank Girl, it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland, water rights, et cetera, et cetera. All kinds of different things. Water rights is just one thing. And, you know, she really is advocating for anarchy in a time and place where people aren't organized the same way, you know, in this post-apocalyptic world. Whereas Harley is usually in a world that still exists. Although in the new Harley Quinn animated series in season two i was even noticing more similarities with even the tank girl film because it is this post-apocalyptic gotham where batman is gone and the villains have divided up the city and so i thought that that really did lean on her political leanings there because she's constantly like i don't want to carve up the city i want anarchy all i want is fucking anarchy let's have more anarchy and i thought that was like an interesting way of uh, showing the political aspect of it as well but for me the big differences too are like I think Harley's not nicer that's not the word I'm looking for but maybe a little bit more acquiescent she's more a cartoon character she's more Bugs Bunny about things Tank Girl is Bugs Bunny but she's also a punk and being a punk means something different than Harley's like Harley Quinn (laughs) themed you know that's not I could see these two having conflict based on certain personality differences, like being a punk, wanting to destroy everything, drink beers. Like, obviously, we see a different side of that with Harley where she's getting drunk because she's experiencing pain and stuff. But in the morning, Harley's going to wake up and go to work. You know, like she's going to do things. She has ambition. Her ambition is hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> but, like, she has ambition through the entire film, right? What is Tank Girl's ambition other than, like, fuck everyone, <laughs> basically? So there's a nihilism to Tank Girl that I think that Harley honestly doesn't have at all because she tries to preserve things and people a lot, you know? Yeah. So even though she wants anarchy, she still has a comparatively naive view of what that would be. Like, she would want that to be a good-hearted, <laughs> like, situation totally. for the most part, you know, with lots of pranks. Whereas Tank Girl is like, burn it down, you know? That's a great way of describing the difference. I think that's what I was trying to get at with like, Harley's more uh, still a people pleaser. Like even though she's learning not to be and part of her relationship with Poison Ivy is learning not to make her personality about everybody else and make her life about everybody else. But Tank Girl doesn't have that same problem. (laughs) Tank Girl is a lot more selfish. and, And I don't mean that necessarily as a bad thing. I think that Tank Girl knows who she is to a very different degree than Harley does. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, <laughs> and is very comfortable with those elements where you see Harley really have to struggle with it, right? So I think that like, yeah, just that kind of crisis of conscience would be a little bit different. Whereas like mm-hmm. Tank Girl just makes sure every single time that she's aiming her guns at the terrible people and then she doesn't feel bad about it. She's yeah, exactly. Very, like, she's closer <laughs> to Deadpool in that regard than she is to Harley for the most part. But yeah, I did get that vibe uh, in the movie and I hadn't I think I hadn't read much Deadpool when I read Tank Girl. So I didn't feel that as much in the comics. But yeah, with the movie, I was like, yeah, this does have some big Deadpool energy in it. Or maybe Deadpool has some big Tank Girl energy. 
yeah, so that's that's us talking about Harley Quinn and Tank Girl. What do you all think? Like, do you see more parallels between them, more dissimilarities? Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. I don't know. Send me a postcard, and we would love to hear your opinions. Wow, everybody, what a wild June we just had. Wild. It was wild. I can say that because I'm recording this in May, but I have a great (laughs) idea for us to have a great time, which is Decoded, our magazine that we put together with 30 different creators that is all queer and has all of the genre and is incredible, which you can still pick up. And you have the benefit of just being able to pick up the whole thing at once, as opposed to reading it every single day, which was also pretty special looking back on the future. I have to say that was also pretty special. Yeah, but it was pretty special. Buying the entire thing at one time and reading it at your leisure. Oh, wow. You really can't beat it. So you can still do that. It's 15 bucks. That's pretty cheap. That's only 50 cents per story. It helps us go on and be stronger and better in the future and make sure that we get to pay all of the queer creatives that worked with us, which, you know, we love to do. (laughs) We love having money and we love to give money to people who need money. All of those things are great for us. So if you would like to buy our wonderful anthology, which is now a complete online edition, you may go (laughs) to decodedpride.com. You can go there anyway. I should emphasize that you can go there. You may go there. It's open to everyone because it's the internet. But if you buy it, you get extra stuff like that PDF that I was talking about. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., 
Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. The comic of the week is House of Whispers, written by Nalo Hopkinson, illustrated by Dominique Domo-Stanton, colors by John Rauch, letters by Deron Bennett. I mean, what the fuck? This comic is so great. You know, it didn't have to be this great. Yeah, my track record shows I will accept much less than House of Whispers quality-wise. <laughs> this is one of the most high-quality comics I have ever read in my life. This is so good. Every part of it is so good. It's, to me, the best continuation of the Sandman mythos that really has existed I love the Sandman comics. I really loved the dreaming. I've loved a ton of the stuff that I've read that was related kind of one-offs, you know, and miniseries all over the place. Like, I love that stuff. But for my money, this was the best one because this is creating a whole different part of the world, right? You know, it's like we end up with so much more mythology, basically. A lot of people were like, you know, let's explore the characters that were already on the table. And that's a really great idea. But this one kind of just goes in its own direction right from the very beginning. And does, like, touch on those characters. I think this is some of the best Cain and Abel. Oh, God, yeah. I'm not irritated by their presence. <laughs> like, right? I'm not w- trying to get them off the page. I'm like, okay, oh, interesting. Yeah, she writes so well. Her Cain and Abel is incredible. And there's still, like, we talk a lot about are the characters the same? And, like, when someone else gets a hold of them, it's, like, a new iteration. And this felt like a seamless continuation like i think you already said that but not just of sandman world but like it enable i mean the thing that i love about the sandman comics is how trippy they are to me it always makes me think about when we try and talk about the way the brain works right and and it mm-hmm. should because it's the dreaming and dreams are trippy and and etc 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 and i just thought this built on that in such a beautiful way there's still trippy stuff. There's still like cool. Like I love the crocodile dude. He's cool. Uncle Monday. Ah, Uncle Monday. I love Uncle Monday. He's so funny. And I love that he contains these dichotomies. He's truly a gentleman in like a very gentleman sense. Right. And then he'll be like, oh, I'm going to go eat somebody. <laughs> it's like, that's so cool. It's kind of beautiful. He jumps into the water and has crocodile form sometimes. And yeah, he's an amazing character. A lot of it is based on African gods. And this stuff is just so amazing. I love the girls that are in the center of this. There's the girl, her two younger sisters, right? And then her girlfriend Mm -hmm. are kind of the focal point in a way. And one of them is dead without being dead at a certain point. And that is just some of the weirdest, coolest, (laughs) creepiest 
just such a good plot twist, kind of, and just so great to watch unfold in front of you. And then Urzuli, the goddess, who's, oh my god, the main character, to see her not know what something means. Mm -hmm. I always think that's what the Sandman stories did best, is they took these god or god plus almost (laughs) beings and gave them moral quandaries, things they'd never faced before. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly, you know, Hopkinson harnesses that energy in this. But it's so fun because Urzuli is not a skinny white dude. She's a big fat black woman who's a bad ass and sexy as fuck yeah she's amazing you know you're just like god damn that woman is hot yeah her ship she has that amazing boat that she is on a river boat and that's the big problem right is is that the boat ends up flipping her she ends up in the water at a certain point and then is kind of stranded it's kind of the same as a lot of the sandman stories like the best sandman stories where it's about a god whose powers are for some reason kind of stripped from them temporarily like not entirely but temporarily and her having to get out of that and like <laughs> the the different ways that all of these characters end up having to work together in a strange way even if they don't even directly interact is kind of mind-blowing to me it's just like it's every single thing we loved about the sandman it's those interconnecting stories the deep dives into mythology just gorgeous art unbelievably gorgeous art and so fun to see religions and spiritual rites that are not christian that are not greek that are not roman on the page to see african traditions and african diaspora traditions treated with such tenderness and care and represented you know sometimes i think about in in constantine there's so many bad examples of black religious traditions they strip away the agency and the spirituality that comes with these things and they paint it as and i'm going to use scare quotes you just can't see me dark magic you know black magic not in the sense of like black capital b magic not you know magic done by africans or african americans or black people or the diaspora but like the bad magics it just so happens to be done by black people and that's so fucked right like Mm -hmm. it's such a fucked up dichotomy to set up in the first place and this is such a beautiful i want to say like gentle way of reclaiming it it doesn't have to go head to head with these sort of fucked up mythos that exist in the DC universes. It could just sort of crack that open by saying, and here's something else we just happen to have not explored that exists, you know? And it's like, yes! Yeah, I mean, that's it, right? It totally just dives into things that we barely saw addressed in Sandman, just saying. So you have so, so much to love about this comic. I think that Nalo Hopkinson is such a great writer And has been writing so many novels and things. I think the first thing I read by her was maybe The Salt Roads. And The Salt Roads is brutal. (laughs) It's so good. It's devastating. It's one of those books where almost every page I'm just like, dear God, this is one of the best things I'm ever going to read in my life. And being also still devastating. Here, I feel like it has a more kind of fanciful air. It's kind of more comic book style. Absolutely. But there's still like brutal stuff in here. Oh, like, for sure. There's still stuff that's even just Uncle Monday in itself, you know, <laughs> like it's yeah, just yeah, chomping yeah. down <laughs> on people. Just having a casual crocodile god, you know, is 
very terrifying <laughs> just in and of itself. And having a girl who's dead without being dead. Yeah. Her girlfriend has to figure this stuff out with her. It's certainly haunting and eerie and has all those things that I think of are quintessential to the Sandman universe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It feels like it's just like this story always existed, didn't it? It's so good. It feels timeless. And that is, I think, such a testament to Hopkinson's writing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this entire creative team just knocks it absolutely out of the park. The interior are incredible, just beautiful. The covers, gorgeous. The lettering, all of it. It just is one of those comics where you're like, this is like a class on how to make a comic. Oh, yeah. Honestly, like you couldn't make something like this, but you could learn a lot about comics from this because it just is so perfect. The amount of prose is so perfectly timed. The art is so, so good and just intersects with that storytelling so, so well. How they balance like using traditional smaller panels and then using a full page spread. Realism to magic, just all of it. Honestly, this is one of my favorite comics. I have talked about it multiple times. I wrote an article about it. I believe I named it my 2018 comic of the year and then named it a comic of the decade as well for sci-fi because I honestly can't praise this comic enough. <laughs> Whenever I opened it up, I was so happy and it just made me so happy to read. It's about ready to draw to a close, unfortunately. Whenever comics start up again, it's going to be 22, I think is the final issue of it. And I don't think that that's out yet. So it's not quite finished, but you've got to find this in trade. Like this is one of those comics that just really blew me away. I can't say enough good things about it because every single element of it just clicks so perfectly. So yeah, if you love Sandman, you're going to love this. If you don't know Sandman, don't fucking worry about it. Start here. Start with the creme de la creme. Like get to the, like, the good stuff. And then when you go back and read Sandman, you'll be like, oh, this is fun. I like this. I like that. But this is such a seminal work. We can't say enough, like Sarah said, good things about it. You really must read it. If you like comics, this is your comic. Yeah. I mean, G. Willow Wilson is about to do the dreaming, right? So like there's some stuff that's going on in the Sandman universe. So if you read those old comics and you kind of dipped out after that, that makes sense, you know, but this is just a bunch of new stuff that's happening. That's so, so good. If you want to know how you can support Bitches on Comics, y'all, we got so many ways. You can follow us on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. On both those, we are at Bitches on Comics. You can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash bitches on comics. You know what else you can do? You can stop right now, look at your phone, and you can rate and review us. You can give us those five stars you know we deserve. I'm like shaking my boobs. You can't tell, but I am. <laughs> those five stars you know we deserve. And you can tell us what you love. Tell other people what you love we are making great content we're not humble about it we fucking know and we want your help making sure we get that great content to the people who need it We're a podcast that is all about making comic books more accessible to LGBTQ folks and women. So if you have a question about anything related to comics, comic adaptations, pop culture in general, conventions, cosplay, you name it, that's what we're here for. You can send us your questions at bitchesoncomics at gmail.com. Unfortunately, Gmail does not like the word bitch. They're pretty judgy about it. So <laughs> we can't have it spelled out. It is B dot. T-C-H-E-S-O-N-C-O-M-I-C-S at gmail.com. And do you remember there's no I'm bitch? I'm Sarah Century, and you can find me at www.sarahcentury.com. 
and Twitter and Instagram. Still Sarah Century on those. I'm S.E. Fleenor. You can learn more about me at sefleenor.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at at S.E. underscore Fleenor. Bitches on Comics is recorded by Kate Warner, who plays in the band Churchfire. You can find them at churchfiremusic.com. Our music is recorded by Katie Taylor, who plays as Earth Control Pill. You can find her music at earthcontrolpill.bandcamp.com. Bitches on Comics is recorded in Denver, Colorado. We want to recognize the indigenous peoples who have inhabited and do inhabit this land. The Arapaho Nation, the Ute Nation, the Cheyenne Nation, and others who have been erased from our history and collective memories through colonization. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.